there are just certain moments in our lives where we are not, um, where we are not afraid to mark time. Our first birthday, our 16th birthday, our 40th birthday. We want to mark that specific time. When people make it to their 50th wedding anniversary, we want to mark that specific time. And then seven years. Seven, oftentimes in the biblical tradition, meaning a number of completion or of perfection. Our seventh anniversary is today, and we want to mark this time. Now, I don't normally start off by saying, oh, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Leviticus, but this morning, <laughs> one of my favorite passages of Scripture in Leviticus tells us the beauty of marking time, especially around the number seven. There are two incredibly noteworthy periods of time for God's people that are mentioned in the 25th chapter of Leviticus. One are the Sabbath years. The Sabbath years are those that are the seventh year that God's people find themselves. It's on the seventh year, on a Sabbath year, that God's people are to lean into rest and all debts are to be forgiven. This, the second notable time in um, Leviticus chapter 25 is the seventh cycle of a seven-year period, which would be known as the year of Jubilee. That would be the 49th year into the 50th year would be the land or the, the, the year of Jubilee. During the, the year of Jubilee, not only would people lean into rest, not only would you let the land rest and lay fallow, but you would have your debts forgiven those who were enslaved were set free. Those who had their property taken away from them because they could not pay would be given their property back. Those who were far off from their homes were allowed to come back home. Economics were turned on their head for those among us who were considered impoverished were to be given everything that they need, not only to survive, but also to flourish. This is what happens in the year of Jubilee on the 49th year, the seventh year cycle of seven years. What's so special about both the Sabbath year, the seventh year, and then the 49th year is that these notable times were encoded in God's law. They were not, oh, if you would like to celebrate the Sabbath year, celebrate the Sabbath year. If you would like to celebrate Jubilee, celebrate Jubilee. No, they were encoded in God's law. Um, C.B. Samuel says this, that the law was given to the people of Israel so that they would know the intention of God. So much of the Old Testament locates itself on God's vision for God's preferred future. And the year of Jubilee, these seven-year time periods were to be reflected of a God who believed in the here and now that everything could be turned on its head, that there could be a new world order, that here and now we might understand liberation and freedom, not only personally but also collectively. That everyone who is oppressed will be set free, as we hear in Isaiah chapter 61, as we also hear in Micah and in Isaiah, that the swords will be turned into plowshares, that the kind of jubilee year would be spears into pruning hooks, that we will all sit under our own vine trees and our own fig trees, these two fig trees that are going to be planted here at the Southeast Raleigh table, that we might be reminded of God's jubilee, God's preferred future for us, that we would have everything that we need not to survive but to flourish. 
Jubilee, Jubilee, Jubilee. That is the intention of God, that it was encoded in the law. Now, Sabbath years and Jubilee years, so compelling. Ooh, tell me that Sally Mae is not going to come knocking on my door. I should have bought a shant, uh, Hyundai. Listen. But do you know that within the biblical tradition, there is no evidence and even some assumptions that Sabbath years and Jubilee years were never kept. Encoded in the law, this new world order, but they were never kept. Time passes, but nothing shifts. So the timing just became a marker. Seven years, 49 to the 50th year. Helping us even now as we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone on before us to know that it is not about the time that makes Jubilee. It's the intention to actually live Jubilee that makes Jubilee. That Jubilee is bound not to time, but Jubilee is bound to the God who creates all things and declares things very good and also to us who participate and co-labor with God. That is what creates Jubilee. Enter Jesus in Luke chapter 4. In the black church, we would say, we're about to go up. <laughs> Enter Jesus in Luke chapter 4. Jesus has just come from a time of 40 days in the wilderness, being cared for by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus comes out of the wilderness, goes directly into the synagogue, into the place of worship among those who are learned, who would have known about this thing called Sabbath years and the year of Jubilee. And it says that Jesus takes the scroll. And as Jesus begins to read from the scroll, Jesus reads from Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to proclaim good news to the poor. Because God has anointed me to bring good news. God has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. We say when we come to the communion table to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus does something. It says Jesus sits down. Ba-da-bump. Which is, in the rabbinic tradition, the way in which Jesus is like, y'all going to learn today. Because sitting was actually the rabbinic posture. Like, I just said something to you, mic drop. Then Jesus says, today, today, say it with me, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The year of the Lord's favor is what, friends? Jubilee, today. When Jesus says, today the scripture has been fulfilled, that this is the day of the Lord's favor, Jesus is saying, it's not seven years or 49 years, but anywhere and everywhere and any day and today and yesterday and tomorrow and next month and next year is Jubilee. Because Jubilee is not bound to time. This Jesus who comes to reorder the world order and says, 
Jubilee is bound to the people of God who participate with God, whose intentions is that we would live in the Lord's favor. Today, liberation. Today, we can live unafraid. Today, we can turn our weapons of war into uh, instruments of praise. Today, we can live with unfettered dreaming. Today, we can have joy, unspeakable joy. Today, we can know abundance and not lack. Today, Jubilee. Today, Jubilee. Today, Jubilee. <laughs> Melody Merton says this, that the essence of Jubilee is God's inspired vision to interrupt the status quo. Today is to interrupt certain status quo, a reset embedded in the way of life for God's redeemed and liberated people, emphasizing the relationships between humanity, creation, and God. Everything rests in a year of jubilee. Everything is set free in the year of jubilee. Relationships are restored in the year of Jubilee. The small ways in which we understand ourselves are overturned that we might understand ourselves as the created order of God, that God would give to us the very first gift that God gives in creation, that we would know that God is God and that we are not and that we can live free. Hallelujah. So today, at the seven-year mark, Absurd. It feels God-timed in the right season today to hear how God might be calling us into some new ways that might interrupt the status quo, that we might live toward the preferred future of God, liberated and free, emphasizing the relationships between God, creation, and humanity. And there are three things, friends, that we, the Southeast Raleigh Table, are going to live into during our year of Jubilee. Because today, we enter into a year of Jubilee. The first is to believe, friends, that nothing is too wonderful for God. And so here at the Southeast Raleigh Table, we're going to launch a generosity campaign because we're going to be people who actually believe that we can ask this dangerous question of God. What would we like to see the Southeast Raleigh Table do by year 10? And what we will need to happen in order for the things that we want to see in year 10 to be made known and to be made real? That we are a community even in the midst of escalating prices and even in the midst of inflation when have we ever said that we are a people of scarcity? No, forever and ever and ever we will be a people of abundance and overflow. So what might seem like small gifts multiplied by the hand of God might actually point to the reality that nothing is too wonderful for God. So number one, we're going to be generous, and this year we're going to launch a generosity campaign. The second thing, is that we're going to renegotiate our relationship with our dear siblings at Edenton Street United Methodist Church. Some of you have been with us from the very beginning when we were meeting as like a small group of 25 people in 2014, and we were launched out of Edenton Street United Methodist Church, which is an, an over 200-year-old church that is located in the heart of Raleigh, just down the road. You can roller skate down to Edenton Street. You only have to shuffle your legs. Just take Jones Street all the way down. 
And it has been absolutely beautiful to see a church that is like an Abraham and a Sarah actually have this belief that it could launch new things. Almost 204 years into their history. And yet we are hearing from God as we have sustained ourselves for seven years that this is the time for us to, to renegotiate the ways in which we are in relationship. One, so that Eden Street can also live fully into the jubilee that God is calling them into and the jubilee that God is calling us into. Now here is what I do not want you to say out here in these Raleigh streets. We are not breaking up with Eden Street. If you say that, don't say my name. We're not breaking off. We are not leaving. Whereas for the last seven years we have been holding hands, walking side by side, now we're going to let go of hands and we're going to walk side by side, shoulders touching. It's literally just renegotiating the ways in which we show up with one another. And then the last thing, friends, in this year of Jubilee, over and over again, we're going to ask this question here at CERT. What would Jubilee look like in your life? When I talk about the Sabbath years and I talk about Jubilee, it is so compelling because it is a new world order. But we can also be reflective of that. What does liberation look like for you? What does freedom look like for you? What does dreaming look like for you? What does reconciled relationships look like for you? What does coming home to yourself look like for you? What does it look like for you to not have to hustle and grind, but you to actually trust in the divine, being near to you, breathing life into you, working through you? What does Jubilee look like when you are walking down the street and loving your family members and offering your gifts into the world? Because if we lived like Jubilee was inside our veins, if we lived like we were free and liberated, if we lived like we could not stand anything that keeps anyone from being liberated and free, oh, to be a reflection of freedom is to be a reflection of the living God. This is a year of jubilee for our community. But I believe that we are going to look back at our eighth anniversary and be like, ooh, we, what we did last year. Let's do it again. Because today and tomorrow and a month from now and two years from now and 10 years from now, we can declare it is a year, a day, an hour, a minute, a second of Jubilee. May it be so. May it be so. Amen.